Welcome to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Reyes, a college student here to help you fashion your passion and transform your life. This past year, I've learned a lot about living out your true passions and implementing the best habits, and I'm ready to share these tips with you. Season three is nothing like you've ever heard on any other podcast before, and I'm so excited to take you on this journey with me. Let's get to it. As many of you know, this podcast was just a 4 a.m. idea in preparation for a school project. Now it is a way that I get to spread my voice and help other teens create the best habits for their life. I want to hear your voice too. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's all the tools you need in the app or on their website. And my favorite part is that Anchor distributes your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You can make money from your podcast too. It's everything you need, and all you have to do is go to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. I can't wait to listen to your podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited you guys decided to tune in this week. You're listening to episode number 53 of the Fashion Your Passion podcast. This week, I have Nate Lev, who I've gotten to get to know this year from San Diego, and I'm so excited to welcome him onto the podcast. So Nate, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Sammy. I'm so excited to be on. Of course. Can you just tell my listeners first, just a tad bit about what you're doing right now in school, who you are as a person, and just stuff like that? Absolutely. I am a first-year computer science student at San Diego State University, and I'm loving it. It's really awesome, and it's a great environment, and it has exceeded my expectations. I am a martial artist. I'm a second-degree black belt in Tung Sudo, and it's a big part in who I am. I love to explore. I do all sorts of extracurriculars outside of school and inside of school, and I love to get to know all sorts of different kinds of people, whether it's in Hillel, cyber defense team, the VR club, you name it. I just love to get to know all sorts of different kinds of people and see what I can learn. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I think I attract like all the super involved people, you know, from you to Ari to everyone who I have friends with from San Diego. It's like, they're just so, so involved and there's so much to them. Hence why y'all have been in the podcast. So I think it's so incredible to see other people become so involved and see how well they're managing their passions. That's super exciting. But I want to take it back a few years and talk about like kid Nate. Like who is Nate like as a kid growing up? Like what was he like? Just dive into that for us. Kid Nate. <laughs> oh man, that brings me back. Kid Nate was very exploratory, very enthusiastic, willing to learn and grow and not afraid to show his true colors and to take risks and to make new friends from places where they're expected or not. I'll be honest, like, you know how there's like, you know, oh, there's kid you and there's adult you. I don't know. Like, I feel like it's been such a gradual transition. I don't know where I can say definitively, this is me and this is me back then. And I feel like the core, I feel like I'm still kid Nate. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's just that I've evolved over time and some traits have grown and developed and some traits have not. And thankfully they haven't. I'd say the part of kid Nate that has really grown in me is the fact that I am willing to speak my mind and to reach out to other people and get to know them unapologetically and to show unrelenting enthusiasm for whatever I'm doing. And sometimes in my mid-teen years, I would try to maybe temper that. But I've also realized that that action is holding me back. So in recent years, I've been 
pushing that back to the surface and letting kid Nate free again. <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred percent agree with that. And I want to actually dive into that. That's a really good point. When you said showing your passion and energy for things that you were either involved in or you loved or something like that, like what was that experience like for you, you know, going through middle school and high school and sort of how were you taught to like suppress all that energy and not, you know, sort of exude as much energy towards things that you would have liked to? Because I know for me personally, like I'm a very energetic person when it comes to things I'm super passionate about. And like you said, like I recently learned just to let that energy and that passion run free and run wild. So what was your experience with that? And how did you mentally shift in order to realize that like, I can actually bring out all my energy and I don't really have to let other people tell me how much energy I I can, you know, let out and stuff like that. Well, I think a big step in my personal development was kind of applying, this is going to sound strange, but applying some principles of science into my mentality. And what I mean by that is there is the law of conservation of energy, where the energy is not created or destroyed, but just transferred. Mm -hmm. So I kind of use that principle with my own energy in the sense that there are certain circumstances where you need to focus and you need to concentrate and not be so extremely enthusiastic. Those circumstances come up. But if you don't direct your focus and energy properly, it will become unfocused and scattered and chaotic and wild. Sometimes that can be a good thing, but oftentimes I've noticed that it has worked against me. So using the property, the law of conservation of energy, no energy is created or destroyed. You just need to direct it in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So whenever I get unfocused, I'd be like, okay, I have all this energy. Where can I direct it in a productive, enjoyable manner that I will not regret in a sense? So like for me, like in middle school and high school, of course, you know, I had a lot of energy and, you know, sometimes I felt like, okay, I'm just sitting here at school and I just want to do stuff. I just want to run around and talk to people and play. But what I found was like, you know what, if I just hold this energy in, I'm not going to, it's not going to help me. Mm -hmm. So I just directed it towards martial arts. I directed it towards making new friends. I directed it towards starting and running clubs. And that helped me not just feel more relieved. It also helped me in academics because I felt like I didn't have so much energy built up. I felt more controlled and more content with where I'm at. Yeah. Sometimes people will just like, they don't have not necessarily enough to do, but they don't have like the right things to do in order to be able to focus on one thing and then focus on another. So I love how you brought up that point. I want to ask you, what was your experience and what was sort of your story behind the things you're involved in today in college and your major and stuff like that. So if you want to tell that story, maybe it's just as simply as I've always been passionate about these things. Like that's great too. But if there are other things that you want to share about that story, I think that's, it's really cool to see people sometimes, you know, how their majors have evolved into what they are. That's an excellent point. As for my major, I'm a computer science major. And I think, I don't think people really say this to my face because computer science is kind of the hip thing right now. But I think some people might be surprised because I'm not your typical computer science major. I mean, there's the classic stereotype, oh, he's a computer science major. He's just sitting at his desk typing all day, antisocial, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'll admit I can be a nerd and I I might come across that way, but I'm really a people person at heart. I love people and I'm, I'm really enthusiastic And I love working in teams and I love talking to people and sharing my knowledge and learning from other people as well. So the way I see it is, I'll be honest, I let the stereotype get to my head early on in high school. 
when in freshman year, I did take a class called Exploring Computer Science. And boy, oh boy, I loved that class. It was incredible. And although I loved the class, part of me was thinking, you know what? I mean, sure, I could go into this deeper, but, you know, I don't know if it's me because, oh, there's the classic stereotype. But then I stepped that aside and I was like, okay, I'm going to try exploring other things. And I did. And around junior, senior year, I had an interesting epiphany. I was like, you know what? What if what I'm viewing as a weakness is actually a strength? Although I'm a very enthusiastic social person and I love to get to know people, instead of thinking of that as a weakness, it's actually a strength. I kind of realized over the years, it's actually what's needed in the industry today. It's filled with a lot of people that just want to do their thing, not work with anybody else, and just produce results. I'm not just that. I love to produce results. I love to work. I love to be focused. But I also love to work on a team and accomplish things with people. And I think that's something I would like to bring to the industry. And that's part of the reason why I chose computer science. Not just because I'm good at it and not because I enjoy it, but because I'm, in a sense, a black sheep, but in the good sense. I'm unique, I'm different, and I can bring something new to a sector of the economy that is lacking. Yeah, no, 100%. That is such a good point. Because I feel like, obviously, like you look at society, a lot of people look at society and they're like, okay, I have, there are 50,000 people doing this one thing and I can't do that. So that means I'm bad. It's wrong. You know, I have to figure out a way to do that. But you said, no, I don't have to do that thing. The thing that I'm good at, there's a reason I'm good at it. And I'm going to go do that. That is a freaking super, super good point. I'm so happy that you said that. I love your story. It's super inspiring because it's just that mental shift of like, hey, I have this thing, let me do it. You know, and I think I can relate to that too, because going into sort of like the teen motivation, like teen leadership industry, whatever you want to call it, like what I'm doing currently isn't really the hottest thing. Like when I started this out, what I did was I would take like hot adult motivational speakers and people who geared their content towards adults and, you know, who are in their thirties and forties. And I would sort of rewire it so that teens understood it. And no one, no one, no one was doing that at that point. And, you know, sort of over the past couple of months, I sort of found other people who were doing similar things. But I was like, you know what? I understand this content that they're putting out there. And I can rewire it and give it to the others. Like, no one else is doing that. But let me do that because no one else is. I want to talk about your personal development journey, you know, as much as you want to get into it. Because I think the things that we have talked about in the past couple of months have really been focused on that. So let's start with the basics. Like when did it start for you? You know, why did you sort of get into it? How did you get into it? And sort of what are some of the biggest takeaways you learned so far? Uh, Personal development has actually been an interest of mine for a very, very, very long time. And my whole motivation behind pursuing personal development more is seeing I mean, I see life as a series of decisions and everything you do contributes, whether large or small, to your life. And there are certain decisions that will push you in the right direction and there are certain decisions that push you in the wrong direction. Now, sometimes there's a lot of gray area in between and that's where the fun part is. So what I've learned is that there are certain actions that you do and they have an immediate bad effect, right? But there are also some actions that are bad and you do them but they don't always have the immediate bad effect, but they build up over time and then they hit you. And also that works for the good stuff. Sometimes you get, you do a good action and it immediately benefits you, but there are good actions that, you know, later down the line, they benefit you. So I've learned to be vigilant about these different kinds of actions and how they affect me. 
on a small and a large scale. And a big step I took in my personal development journey is actually losing weight. I lost last year 30 to 35 pounds and I'm a much healthier person now. And it's been a big step in my personal development journey because it's helped me focus on delayed gratification, discipline, focus, and treating myself properly, not treating your body like a woodshed, but like a temple. You know, mind, body, and spirit are all connected. And I taking care of my body really helped me. I was more focused. My eye contact was better. I was more confident in who I was. And I, it just solidified in personal development. It was like, wow, mind, body, and spirit really all are connected. And this is actually something that was that is constantly talked about in Tang Sudo. In fact, when we get a new belt, the instructor, when they give it out, they snap it three times to signify mind, body, spirit. Right. Yeah. It's so inspiring. And I see your face just like lighting up and start talking about it because I know how passionate you are about it. And I totally can relate to so many of those points that you said. Because for me, like I was talking to my mentor one day and she just like said to me, like, you just got to just like start working on yourself and stop with the excuses already. And from there, something sort of like shifted in my mind, sort of took off from there, you know, but I truly love how it's always sort of been integrated into your life and you're continuing to learn so much about it. And I want to touch on how our personal development journeys have led us to start something about inspiring others. Cause I know with your Instagram and your YouTube, you know, all this stuff like that, like you are sort of on this mission to inspiring others. And I find that, you know, there's a huge correlation for many people between their own personal development journeys and inspiring others. And sort of what was that, trigger for you of like, I've learned these things. Now let me go on and help others learn these things too. What I will say is it may not seem interesting to many people, but to me, I find this interesting. I love etymologies of words. And sometimes I'm like, you know, I wonder where this word actually comes from. So not too long ago, I searched up the etymology of inspire and it actually comes from breathe into. And it also means like to impart a truth or idea onto somebody. And that inspires me. So as I mentioned earlier, there's a law of conservation of energy and energy can only be transferred. So if I can impart a truth or idea onto other people, if I can breathe life into other people, I need to have life breathed into me. I need to have truths and ideas imparted onto me so then I can impart them onto others. Now, this is kind of how I see personal development in that I want to make sure I'm delivering messages that I practice myself. I know there's the same practice, what you preach and all that. And there's another quote, I forgot who said it, but he who has not served cannot command. So if you do not know what you're talking about, if you don't know the instructions you're giving others, then you are not qualified to instruct. So whenever I give advice to other people and when I try to inspire them, I don't try to make it, you know, sweet nothings just to make you feel good. You know, I try to derive what I'm saying from personal experience and from the knowledge that I have so that they can have demonstrable proof that it works, that it's, oh, okay, this is not coming from nowhere. This is serious. And the way I get inspired is also, like I said, the law of conservation of energy. When I see people being inspired, that inspires me. When I see cool things happening, when I see truth, when I witness the truth of life, the essence of life happening, that's when I go, wow, this is incredible. And that inspires me to deliver these messages to other people because law of conservation of energy. 
Yeah, I love that so, so, so much. And I could relate to that too, because I thrive off of other people's accomplishments. Like if someone else is like, if they achieve something and they're able to get something done, like I just get so much energy from that. And like, that's sort of how I'm sort of fulfilled in a way. I want to roll into the final question of this podcast. I can't believe that this interview is almost over. It's gone by so fast. So many good things have been said in this. But this is a question I ask every single guest who has ever been on the podcast. So based off of the title of the podcast, which is Fashion Your Passion, what is one tip that you would give dreamers based off of how you have fashioned your passion? You are the master of your destiny. Of course, there are other factors at play in your life that that happened to you, but you need to take ownership of everything that's happened in your life and say, I can change what I want. And you have to do your absolute best to have a vision, to have a plan, see the big picture, to think independently and come to your own conclusions and experience life for what it is and accomplish what you want. Other people will tell you this is good, this is bad, And they may be right, but they may be wrong. It is your responsibility to come to those conclusions yourself, to experience the essence of life for yourself, and consistently improve yourself inside and out so that you can find what is right for you. Again, this is fashion, your passion, not fashion somebody else's passion. And I think by discovering the truth of life and really soaking it in, not pushing it away, you will start, the truth about you and what you're meant to do will unfold naturally. That's just the way I see it. Yeah, that is so, 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 so good. Um, Where can people find you on social media? On social media, you can find me on Instagram at N-A-T-E-S-H-A-L-E-V, at Nate Shalev. And on YouTube, you can find me, Nate Shalev, on YouTube. It's the same thing, N-A-T-E-S-H-A-L-E-V. And that's basically it. I mean, that's most of my social media. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This was absolutely incredible. Everyone, be sure to go check out Nate. His YouTube channel is just so inspiring. As well, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to screenshot it, tag us on your Instagram story, at Fashion Your Passion Podcast, and at Nate Shalev, and we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. I hope you learned something from this episode. And if you did, don't forget to screenshot you listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, and tag me at Fashion Your Passion podcast. I love hearing what you learned. As well, do not forget to scroll down and leave a rating and review. I love to read those too and know what you guys are thinking about the podcast. Be sure to tell all of your friends about this podcast because I want to spread this to as many teens as possible. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week.